This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Ryan. Good morning, Rich, and again, good morning, everybody. Uh, two pods in one week, eh? What 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 a week it's been? Just two. That's just the two that you've been involved oh, in, my friend. I'm sorry. Yes, I should say that. What's <laughs> the two presses this week? Two presses, a couple of reviews, and Steve Hooper. It's been a very busy week for the pod, but sucker to the game, aren't I? It is. You're too committed. Well, not too committed. Just very committed. Which we all need to see. I have to say, I don't know how many episodes we've actually done now, this because we started this during the tumultuous times of John Sheridan and, and now we're still here so I have to have a look unless you know off the top of your head absolutely not no <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how many episodes we've done um uh, we've done as a collective as a, as a podcast we're hurtling towards 400 which is nuts but no we've done we've done a fair few I reckon we've done about 30 I'd say so. I was going to say, will we have like a 400th party, like a birthday celebration? Is, is 400 the big number? I think 500's the biggie, isn't it? Think, oh, okay, get to 500. Let's get to 500. Who knows if I'll still be covering Swindon Town by then? So if, if I'm not, if you could just drop me an invite in the post, that would be brilliant. Absolutely will, if I'm still following Swindon at that stage too, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll be in the Premier League, then it's okay. <laughs> so we have a presser to talk about. So yeah, it was a busy week. We uh, went to Mansfield in the week and got zero points. Some sort of sloppy start, wasn't it? And then this is this is a run of form which isn't ideal. Uh, was it one win in six? Which yeah, I mean, I was going to touch on that actually. Is that you're right, it's not ideal. And it's probably the first time this season that we've actually had to question the form of the club. Normally we'd have we haven't we've seen so many times we've had like a bad game where the focus just isn't there. Then we'll bounce back with a few victories, then we might have a little slump and get a draw, then victories. And it's yeah, like you said, it's it's a little bit worrying at the moment, isn't it? Just because, you know, we've caught upon those teams around us in terms of matches played. Of course, Tranmere have played one more than than the others. Uh but you know, we've got Port Vale two games in hand on us and we're actually only two points below Mansfield who were just outside uh, the playoff zone so you know it's, it is worrying isn't it it is a it is a bit of a, a surprise given the way that we started season the away form that we had it, it's always a tight division so it, it, the EFL always you always sort of focus on your own form and then when it when it goes a little bit downhill you think oh we've got we've got you know points on our side and then you look behind you and everyone's on the same bloody points it's it's nuts but mansfield was a disappointment but not a huge surprise i will say what what did garner say about the mansfield game before we move forward well it was quite interesting a lot of people probably wouldn't have picked upon this when watching the game um there even at the match or, or even online um it was actually ben garner felt that you know 60% of Swindon's lack of control, uh, that was what he felt they lacked. And, and he gave that percentage as a reason for the against the playing surface. So he said, you know, 60% of that lack of control was caused by the playing surface. It was really soft. Um, we were giving, it, we, it was giving way when we were trying to play in certain areas, which was a massive risk. Um, but then he also did, you know, he didn't just throw excuses out there. He admitted, look, there were too many turnovers to his liking. Um, but Swindon did well in the second half. And, and I will agree with him on one point was that, you know, we... Mansfield are by far, we spoke about it earlier in the week, the informed team in this league at the moment. Um, and we still went there. We scored two goals, lost by a solitary goal. Should have really had another goal with the chances that we created. And we walked away disappointed with a point. So it's even though we sit here and I've just said, you know, it is a bit worrying. The, the overall performance, bar that start to the game, it wasn't it wasn't our worst performance of the season, you'd say. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Did you detect any change of tone with Ben Garner in the press conference? Because he, he plays with a straight bat, doesn't he? Win, yeah. lose or draw. The, the, never really is a change of tone with him. Never a sense of desperation. Never a sense of arrogance when things are going well. Is that still very much the same? Yes, very much so. But you also get the impression that, you know, some of the questions that we were looking to ask were probably a bit more... I'd, I'd love to have another word than negative. It's the only one that pops to mind now. A bit more negative than what we're used to, uh, just given the form and given that defeat the other evening. But yeah, Ben Garner, sometimes I feel when the pressure's increasing slightly, he's actually maybe turns a little bit more friendly um, to try and keep us on his <laughs> to try and keep us on his side. But like you said, he's he's a very straight talker, isn't he? He's um very he's just a guy that likes to please. Yeah. Okay, so Lots to go through, a lot of individual player talk, um, quite a bit has happened in the last few days, good and bad. We will start with the good, I think most people will find it broadly good given his form in January, and that is that Harry McCurdy has signed a new contract. Now Harry 
I mean, you know, Terry was saying on the pod the other day, he has a love-hate relationship with Harry McCurdy. I don't think he's alone with that. And I think I lean towards that notion too. But what's been undeniable is he's been in absolutely fantastic form in the last few weeks. And it sounds like that's what's triggered the club or prompted the club to getting him to sign on the proverbial dotted line ASAP. Yep. Great deal. We, I, you, you've heard me praise Harry McCurdy this season. I don't have a love-hate relationship. I just love the bloke, to be honest. I think, <laughs> uh, I think he's done brilliant for Swindon this season. And and you know what is really great to see is how much he's actually enjoying his football. You, you probably saw that statement um, on the club's website after the deal was signed, whereby, you know, the relief from his family at the fact that Harry isn't going to have to look to find a club in the summer. And you just feel a bit like he's found himself at Swindon. He, he's part of a footballing family at the club now. And uh, it's great to have the deal done. Of course, you know, he, he's been wonderful Swindon this season. And Ben Garner touched on how intelligent Harry McCurdy is. He, he's got a great football brain, a great desire to do well, um, which has probably boiled over at times. And that, that has been his problem, Garner admitted. And actually what Ben Garner's approach was to help Harry McCurdy um, was he gave him a podcast to listen to. So there's a po- podcast out there uh, called, you, you might have listened to it yourself, it's called the High Performance Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Jake Humphrey does. There was an episode on with Dan Carter, the famous all-black rugby player. I actually listened to this just yesterday um, while I was working. And uh, he gave that to Harry McCurdy, and it seems to have really helped him um, assess some of the things that are probably bad parts of his game. Yeah, podcasts work, everybody. It's 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 a fact of life, you know. Can't argue with that. I, I am completely on board with the fact that I think this would have been if if Harry was out of contract in 2022, it would have been his fourth summer in a row of having to find a new club if if Swindon were releasing him because I think he was released by Villa in 2019, joined a club then had to join a new club in 2020, and of course joining Swindon in 2021. So I can't imagine. The stress. I mean, once you're in the circus, I'm sure it's brilliant. But with lower league, the uncertainty behind your football career is really something else. And Harry was, you know, spiralling. He he didn't have a good time no. at Port Vale, and it went wrong at the end there at Carlisle. So you know, he he didn't have that much stock. And well, it's, he's he's got it now. He has got it now, and I feel sorry for Harry McCurdy because. Even when I was actually reading Carlisle uh, quotes when he left there um, the other day, and and what you understand about Harry McCurdy is that I almost feel he's he's been denied chances or released by clubs, not because he doesn't have the ability. He's seen that season; he scored eleven goals as our top scorer. It's the fact that I feel certain managers just don't like the way he is off the pitch, mm-hmm. don't like who he is as an individual, and I I think that's pretty out of order. I'd say because. You know, he's whether you have views on different things, you, everyone's part of your football club. Everyone deserves to be able to express themselves and and be who they are. And Harry McCurdy seems to have been able to do that at Swindon finally, and you're now seeing the uh, the benefits of that. Yeah, you, you don't get many personalities certainly without it being behind closed doors like Harry McCurdy, and you just have to manage that, don't you? You just got to let them thrive, and if you if you sort of censor them. They just become a pain in the bum, don't they? They just rebel against everything. That's like everything in all walks of life. If you don't let people express themselves um, through their personality, then it's it's not it's not going to work out. No, there comes a line like where you can't cross. Uh, I think we saw that probably with Harry McCurdy on Twitter earlier this season at times, um, and he was probably 
someone had a word with him and, you know, it started to calm down there. But just, you know, when you speak to players, I remember speaking to Lewis Ward after the Forest Green victory uh, earlier in the season, and he was kind of asked about Harry McCurdy. And he said, you know, Harry's this character off the pitch that everyone does love, but he's a very different character as well. And, you know, he's... He, Let's not forget, as much as you know, we watch football and we look at these players and their professionals, they are just humans at the end of the day. And this is their job. And no matter if you know, you're playing really well on the pitch, you're also, you need to be happy off the pitch as well. And you need to feel loved. And, and Ben Garner just seems to have given him some love and, and it's really nice to see. Yeah, six goals in three games. That's all that matters as far as we're concerned as fans, isn't it? <laughs> six or three games, new contract. Here to stay. We don't know how long for because the club don't reveal that under the transfer embargo. Uh, but I'd understand it's at least till the end of next season. Cool. Okay. So somebody who isn't sticking around and definitely isn't coming back this season is Romani Critchlow. What was the story there? Obviously, he was recalled and instantly sent out to Plymouth. I always think that's a little bit sneaky. But what's the backstory here? Well, the backstory with this is, and what I first want to address is, I spoke to Ben Garner after the Northampton victory in the press room after the game, and I asked him about, you know, are you confident your loan players will stay? We then put an article out that Ben Garner felt that every single loan player would stay. Now, Alex Gilbert's a separate subject because it was kind of a good move for him to go back to Brentford. Ben Garner was happy with that. But with Romney Critchlow, Ben Garner had had been having contact with Muddersfield. It was all good signs that, you know, he was going to be staying here throughout January and staying to the end of the season. But then a couple of days ago, they had contact with Muddersfield saying that they'd like to recall him. For Ben Garner, though, he was a little bit ahead of the curve because he it's a small world, he said, about football. He had an inclination 10 days ago because um, Ben Garner was speaking to kind of other clubs as well. He had the inclination that uh, Critchlow was wanted by some League One teams. Critchlow turned down a couple of League One teams to start with. I believe it was two teams. Then the offer came in from Plymouth. He felt it was a really good move for him. Uh, Huddersfield wanted him to be tested at League One and and the move went very quickly. When you see Plymouth uh, you know, fighting for promotion to the Championship and currently Swindon have lost a few games in League Two and you know also fighting for promotion, but the whole division difference, when you're not committed to the club in a permanent sense, it's sort of a no-brainer in a way, isn't it? It is from a professional point of view. You know, we, They always say, don't they, don't fall in love with a lone player <laughs> because this can happen at any time. But Bengana did then address it later on as well in the press conferences that, you know, sometimes he feels that maybe it's not always the best move because if you've got a player that's happy in the environment he's in, at Swindon Town, Romney Critchlow was there. At Swindon Town, he's in a position where they're fighting for promotion. He's a he's a regular player under Bengana. You know, whilst on the outside it may look like great, Critchlow's now in a position whereby he could go to Plymouth. They have been playing well, like you said. They've got defenders there that have got them to the position they're in. He might not be getting many starts. He has to then go and hope that he's good enough to get those starts. And if he doesn't, it could actually derail the progress that he's made at Swindon this season. I think he'll play at Plymouth. I was really hoping he was going to get into the starting eleven for the game against Port Vale. Alas, it was not to be. He hadn't started a game since Leighton Orient and appreciate that there were a couple of, of games that, that were lost in that time. But... He, he had lost his place in the side and as we'll discuss later you know some people will question why that is especially of who he's lost his place in favour to I think he was a good player not he, he was replaceable Romney Critchlow he can be replaced they all can but I just for continuity for consistency 
and I think for ability too, I would have liked him to stay. But I think the thing that I don't like about these long-term loans, and there's been a lot of discussion about them, I get why clubs will look at play and go, do you know what? He's playing really well and I think he might work in our own team. So we're going to recall him with a view to stick him in our own team. But when they call him back just to send them out somewhere else, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. I get it. It's all about development. There's there's pros and cons either way. And I think this season, we, we haven't relied on loanies as much as we have in previous seasons. But I still think it's a, a great shame that Huddersfield chose to do that. But I'm not outraged. It's just a bit disappointing, isn't it? It is a little bit disappointing. I, I, you sense Ben Garner's disappointment in the press conference as well. Um you know about that, and and the fact that he has now gone back to Plymouth, and uh, sorry, back to Huddersfield, and then loaned out to Plymouth. What what he did say though is he also understands it at times because a lot of these Premier League teams or Championship teams are sending players out on a season long loan deal. They are then looking at them. They might do really well on their loan, and then they call them back and want to send them to the level above to test them there, and then see if they can. So if Romney Crypto goes now and does it at uh, Plymouth in League One very likely that he'll be in Huddersfield's team at the start of next season to challenge in the championship, you know. So that is how it works. I can understand it from their point of view. It's their player. They want to develop him. And Ben Garner understood that as well. But he also felt that, you know, there should maybe be a little bit more protection if you have a season-long loan deal. If a player's playing most games, over 60% of games, possibly there should be that option in there that they have to stay until the end of the season. Otherwise, what's the point in calling it a season-long loan? Ah, the food chain, the football food chain. Um, Yep. The only way that you can get out of this is by climbing the leagues, isn't it? But it's just one of those things. Okay. So Garner was then asked on whether we needed a new defender. What what did he say about that? Simple answer. You know, no matter what he says is yes, (laughs) he does feel they need a new defender. He said, we're looking at strengthening two or three areas, but we do have enough to go and win on Saturday against Port Vale. He's not going to say anything else, is he? For Swindon Town, it's actually the most stretched they've been this season, he felt, given the fact that, you know, you've got Matthew Bowdry uh, injured, Jack Payne's now out injured, Kane Kessler-Aiden, you've lost back to Villa, Romney Critchlow has now gone to Plymouth. So you have lost those players there. And they are looking to recruit, looking to get things done as quickly as possible. And um, you'll hear a little bit of my audio later on, uh, my question to men about this. But, you know, him and Ben Chorley are just working really hard. Um, however, they feel that by the end of January, they will have players in place and, and Ben Garner, we saw this a little bit in the summer. He doesn't want to rush. He doesn't just bring in any player for the sake of it, which is what previous managers have done. He does his due diligence and he only brings a player in regardless of if we need them. Uh, we need the numbers. He only brings a player in if he feels they will improve the team and they will fit in with the squad. Well, fans want quick solutions, don't they? And that's that's always the bugbear probably of football managers, that they're methodical. You know, they're, They'll get who they need, but fans, we just want signing, signing, signings, don't we? <laughs> Well, the last quick solution I feel we had was was Lee Camp, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> it always season. goes back to Lee Camp, doesn't that, it? Poor old Lee. Well, I'm just saying, you know, that was a quick solution <laughs> because we needed a keeper, and look how that worked oh, out. Uh, it so, awful. He just wasn't as good as what people said, and he wasn't great. But I don't think that's a, an accusation you can <laughs> solely point at. Poor old Lee Camp. Well, we were personally, That's the last one that I can think of. So you know, it's a. Uh, I, I would argue Alex Gilbert might have been um, not rushed, but I don't think we signed Alex Gilbert 
to play in the way that it ended up for him. I think that was development and it turned into a bit more because we couldn't get somebody else in. That's my hunch, but based on nothing, I might add. But yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway, well, look, anyway, Ben Garner likes to recruit players that he feels make a difference. Swindon will do that. They're still restricted by the embargo, which is making things more difficult, but he's confident they'll have players in by the end of January. And Swindon is a team who likes to keep possession of the ball. A man down, not ideal. Hayden breaking with some real pace down the right-hand side. Teasing ball is the boss, the goalkeeper's dropped in, and McCurdy is there to follow up, and that should be Swindon's derby. 3-1 now to town against the battered, beleaguered 10-man Rovers with four minutes to go. Right, OK, so something that has been increasing on social media is fan desire to see Anthony Grant back in the Swindon Town 11. He's not played for Swindon in the league, certainly not started for quite some time. My personal opinion is, sadly, whatever your opinion is, that ship has sailed. Um, Well, Garner's view was, you know, he didn't go into specifics based on Anthony Grant. He didn't want to kind of isolate that individual player because I feel that we all understand Ben Garner's feelings on Anthony Grant, which is what we've heard previously in the season when we put these questions to him. He said, we judge every player every week in training. We pick the best squad to play. It's based on training, performance, and who we think are the best players to play. Um, He did give, it wasn't a dig at fans on social media saying this, but Ben Garner was of the understanding that, you know, he sees the players every day in training and it isn't just about one player. So, you know, he sees them, how they act there, how what their attitude's like, if he thinks they can do a good job. And and he actually did say, we didn't type it up because you, you don't type up every single word um, just due to the speed that he talks at. But he did say he feels like that may be a part of what fans were used to under the previous regime is, you know, there were calls for certain players to come in. They they then just played him to prove a point. Ben Garner's not going to do that. Anthony Grant, in my eyes, will not get a place under Ben Garner anytime soon. Um, especially given how well Jordan Lydon's done as well. Yeah, you really can't argue with the fact that Jordan Lydon's been, you know, one of our best players, arguably our best player over the last few games. So um, there, there are those obstacles. But some people also want to see Anthony Grant at centre back too, which. I think it's just an accident waiting to happen. And the guy doesn't like playing at centre-back. So why are fans calling for it? It's bizarre. I get that, you know, I liked Anthony Grant over the past few seasons. And, you know, he has he has done well for us. And he's been kind of a player that was loyal to us. Um, even under John Sheridan, he clearly didn't get on with the man. But he continued to play. And, you know, for all, for all purposes, he didn't kick up too much of a fuss, at least to the fans anyway. But let's not forget, the guy is 34 years old. You know, he's played a hell of a lot of games as a footballer. This is a Swindon Town team that is young, progressive, and is is targeting big things this season. We've had a little bit of a dip in form, but we're still in the playoff places. It's not like, you know, we're we're, we're trying to avoid relegation or, you know, we're we're in a disastrous bit of form at the moment in time. I don't think the calls for Anthony Grant are just. I think maybe some fans are being pulled by their heartstrings. And uh, I'm glad that, I have to say, I'm glad that Ben Garner's sticking by his guns and and 
continue continuing the way he is. Okay, let's move on to Port Vale. Port Vale, although have a couple games in hand on Swindon, they've had a very similar season to Swindon. Um, obviously, you'll remember that they beat us at the county ground back in September 2-1. They haven't played a lot of football over Christmas. Their game against Brentford in the FA Cup was their first game since December 11th, and they haven't played. This will be their first League 2 fixture since then so that's a well over a month which is insane but um, it's a big big game this for Swindon because we are hurtling towards people going well that's one win in seven for example um, so it's, it's not it's not great form in terms of their January they've done a little bit of business bringing in Chris Hussey we'll remember him from Cheltenham Town Connor Hall from Harrogate and also Ryan Edmondson and Kean Harrett on loan from Leeds and Huddersfield, respectively, managed by Daryl Clark. What did Ben say about the upcoming game against Port Vale? Because it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. Um, as you just mentioned there, Port Vale just behind us in the league. They're also a, a team that you you have to beat. If you want to get promoted, you have to beat the teams in and around you as well. Swindon on a little bit of a bad run of form, but... Ben Garner actually touched on the pitch as well. It's a, it's a really big pitch down at Port Vale. It's bigger than a lot of the pitches um, that you will play on in, in the leagues. Um, ben Garner wanted to look at using that space, controlling it, utilising that space with wide players. Um, and they've spoke about that. But what he did say as well is, you know, Port Vale had this COVID break like Swindon had. So that'll be interesting to see if they've managed to get over that and how they are feeling after that. Um, but Bengarn just wants to improve certain elements, not too much because he felt that Tuesday wasn't the worst performance. Um, and, and and he thinks that Swindon can go there and get the win. He, he, he's learning lessons from the previous game against them, but at the same time, the teams have changed massively since then. The positions, the form that those teams are in has changed as well. Um, and so Swindon will go to Port Vale looking to take three points and, and by God, they need those three points as well. I mean, I'm not in crisis mode by any stretch of the imagination. I have realistic aspirations uh, over this season, I think. And this this month is going to be huge, both on the pitch and off. It's just one of those things. But Port Vale, it, it's, it's an awful run of fixtures that we've got. And it was highlighted in previous pods that January is, doesn't seem to be very kind to us on a regular basis. But Mansfield away, Port Vale away, and then a, a derby against Bristol Rovers... What I feel is more important is the the fact that Port Vale are only just coming back from this break. Like you said, they haven't played in the league since December. Um, that was in a 2-1 loss to Newport County. So I would be surprised if Swindon don't win this game because after that COVID break, I, I say that because not, you know, like I said, our form's not been great, but Port Vale have had this COVID break. Your match fitness takes a bit of time to get back. They got hammered by Brentford in the FA Cup. And I feel that they, they're still going to be lacking that sharpness that Swindon hopefully have. Yeah, I just find myself thinking about England fans at the last World Cup with Croatia because Croatia kept on playing like extra time and everyone going, oh, they're going to be tired. They're going to be tired before they get to Swindon and we're going to keep on playing these teams that are just coming back from COVID breaks and we're going to be like, they're tired, they're tired. But in, in, instead they're not and we keep uh, dropping points. But... We'll see. We'll see. It can go either way, can it? So who's who's available? Or shall we say who's unavailable for, for this game for Swindon? So Jack Payne and Matthew Burdry both remain out injured. However, they are progressing really well. 
Um, Bang on said they're doing absolutely everything to try and get back in, get back fit um, and playing again. And of course, Matthew Baudry could actually be a player that has a bigger importance this season than he previously yeah. thought he might. Um, one player is being assessed this morning, Ben Garner. Um, he should actually know by now. Um, it's my understanding what player that is and if he's going to be available to play. But he kept that very close to his chest. Okay, shall we listen to your questions? Let's let's get through them. Here they are. Really, I, I won't touch too much on kind of you know how you're feeling about the loans because Johnny's covered that as well. But how much does you know the recalls of Kane and Romney disrupt your team and mostly your defence because they were two kind of big figures in that in that pack, weren't they? Yeah, I think we've got enough in the building now. Like I say, I'm, I'm, we've got enough here still to go and to go and win tomorrow. Um, so for this for Saturday, no problem. Beyond that, we need some more depth. Obviously, um, we're, we're limited in terms of numbers in those positions, but we've still got quality. Um, you know, we've got players that can go and compete very well at this level and can win the game tomorrow. Uh, and like I say, we need to um, bring players in. So, you know, we're you're preparing for a window, and we knew what we wanted to get in, and we knew the positions. Um, but then that changes very quickly with with players being recalled. So now we have to look at other positions as well, which we're doing. So um, I'm confident we can get some really good players in. We're having those conversations, and um, but the focus is obviously on tomorrow, um, and hopefully next week or the week after. We've we've got players coming in that we feel will really add to what we've got here. And are you finding it difficult in negotiations with players? Because you hear managers say that you know January is always a, a hard time to look to get new players in the building. Yeah, it's definitely a more difficult window than the summer one, I think. Um, it's difficult in terms of embargo restrictions as well because, um, for example, we can have a conversation with a club. Um, sorry, just popped up. Um, we, can have, we can have conversations with a, with a club and um, there may be a, an offer from another club and they can make a bigger wage contribution than what we can make under the embargo. So, obviously, that straight away can rule us out in certain occasions. Um, so um, there's a number of factors that have to fall in line for, for, a, for a deal to happen. Um, and we won't panic. We won't rush. We will make sure that we we are getting the players in that, that, that we want and we think are right for this football club and are right for helping this team now. Um, and if we have to be a little bit more patient and take a few extra days or a week longer, mm. um, we'll... We're more prudent doing that than, right, let's get one in for Saturday and, and then in three weeks' time, actually, I'm not sure he's right for us and does he improve the group? So we need to make sure we're getting those those decisions right, even if it does take that, that little bit longer. And just throwing back to one player is, is Kane. You said when he went back to Villa that they were going to have a look at him and there was a possibility he could look at coming back to Swindon. Have you heard any communication from them all on that front? No, not as yet. I think uh, Ben Chorley's due to have a phone call today just to see how it's gone and how and how Kane's doing and, and to stay in touch on that front. Um, but yeah, that's still my understanding that he's being assessed in terms of whether he can compete and be part of their squad in the Premier League now. If he can, fantastic. You know, we wish him all the best and that'd be great for Kane. Um, but if they don't think he's quite ready for that or needs a little bit more development time, um, then my understanding is that he, he, will, he will return here and carry on his development development and carry on playing so listen from a from a selfish point of view I'd, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to have him back here um, but at the same time I also want what's right for Kane and finally um, club captain Dion Conroy he seems you know from looking at 
things up with fans and that, it, it gets a bit of unjust criticism, and especially lately, it seems to have intensified slightly. What what have you made of his performances re- recently? I think for a lot of players, it's been difficult in terms of that break um, and getting back up to speed. Um, but I think we've got a number of players across the board that can perform at higher levels than what they currently are. So um, that's our focus. Um, that's what we need to get back to. And um, I think I, I always understand frustrations. I always understand uh, criticism is a passionate game. Um, everyone wants to do well, no more so than us. Um, but I think we also need to have that pinch of reality of where we were, um, where we've come from and, and where we've got to now. And, um, you know, COVID has made it more difficult during this period and the break we had to have. But again, it's not excuses. We have to try and find solutions to it. We have to move forwards. Um, but we also need to have that little bit of reality. Um, and I can't become over frustrated with things because um, you need to understand the situation. But our focus all the time, we want to improve. We want to get better. We want to get stronger as a club um, and start, you know, looking ahead to tomorrow. We want three points. You know, we make no mistake, we're going there to win the game. Um, we're disappointed with Tuesday. And again, that's a positive sign that we've lost by one goal at Mansfield, who are the form team in the league. We've had dips in the first half that have cost us the game. Yet we're still disappointed not to come away with at least a point. So we need to take that frustration into tomorrow. We need to channel it in the right way and try to uh, and put on a performance that can get us that win. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. Good luck tomorrow. Okay, so this defensive disruption was always going to be on the agenda, wasn't it? And by the end of the season, we could almost have a new back line, couldn't we? We could. And of course, the thing for Ben Garner is he, he looks to really play a five-man defence. So, of course, you know, if you take out Kane, Tessler, Hayden and Romney Critchlow, you're you're then left without two of your best defenders, I would say. I know Critchlow was out of the team for a little bit. Uh, but as you heard there from Ben Garner, um, you know... He's not being stupid. He understands we've been disrupted. He felt that we have enough to win tomorrow still. He's always going to say that like we said previously. But, you know, the thing for him is that Swindon were preparing for the window, looking at certain players, looking at certain positions they need strengthening. They now have to change that slightly because they have to now fill in the gaps left by Ken Kessler-Hayden and Romney Critchlow. Uh, but he's confident that Swindon can get some really good players in and and we'll have a strong defence still going into the rest of the season. Then you asked about the January transfer window, because that's your right. It's January and you're allowed to. <laughs> you are, aren't you? Uh, it's the only time, well, I say the only time, December and January we're allowed to ask about the January transfer window, really. Uh, but I just wanted to understand how difficult Swindon are finding it, because like you said, we've not, we're never the quickest in the market, and we're not showing that at the moment. Um and Ben Garner touched on the fact that, it, yeah, it is a difficult more transfer window, as you heard him say. But what was interesting for me is the fact that, you know, Swindon are possibly being priced out some of these loan deals for certain players. Because under the embargo, we can only offer a certain wage uh, or a certain contribution to wages. And and from what Ben was saying there, it, it seems that we're looking at contacting clubs to put a loan deal. Other teams are then coming in to put a loan deal in. They're then offering more on the wage. And straight away, you're, you're priced out because the club will most likely all the time take the club that is offering the most money if they're still a good fit for that player and there was me thinking it was because of style of football oh money always wins doesn't it <laughs> it does doesn't it uh you touched <laughs> on the fact with harry mccurdy at, you know lower leagues how how important it is to secure deals and and of course for players that are not an established first team at their parent club they're probably you know, looking to go somewhere and looking to go to a club that they feel they can make an impact on. And if you have a club that 
you know if you get a permanent deal there in the future can give you more money, then it's probably going to look the more tempting offer at the time. It's always quite a stressful month for diehard football fans, this, isn't it? Especially in the lower leagues where I think everybody wants business done quickly and almost every single time it's done late. And, you know, when you have what happened to Kane Kessler-Hayden and Romney Critchlow and they get recalled and then you don't have your instant replacements, people get a little bit stressed because if you drop points during that time, people will say, well, if we don't make the playoffs, if we don't get automatic promotion, if we get relegated, it's because of this, it's, it's because of the indecision or the inactivity during January, which obviously isn't the reason, but it, it can be cited. I think it's just all about patience from the fan side of things. We've just got to see out these games, trust the players that we've got and just wait until the window closes, see what we have and evaluate then. That's exactly right. You summed it up there, Rich. Um, it'll, it'll be late business. There will be more business done. Um, ben Garner doesn't seem too worried. Uh, but of course, it would, be, it would be more helpful for us if we could understand what needs to be done to clear this embargo and how much money needs to be paid and and how close we are to doing that because you know regardless of what happens at the end of this season if we get promoted you're certainly going to be in a position where you need to buy players next season I'll be forever grateful that our first half of the season was very good because if we do have a poorer second half then the lack of jeopardy with with you know our, our status in the football league is not to be questioned. I know that sounds a little bit hyperbolic, but just had a very very good first half of the season that go a long way, and I hope that we can continue to push for promotion. But we will see because a lot of clubs who can do flexing will do their flexing, and that make a lot of difference in the second half of the season in the transfer market and, and building squads, won't it? It, it will. And like you said, you know, we're surrounded by some clubs in the league that have got, you know, in the grand scheme of things compared to other leagues, not huge pockets, but in this league, they have got a bit of cash to splash. Um, and that could be detrimental to Swindon. I will disagree with you slightly because, you know, regardless of, you know, and Ben Garner touched on it a bit in, in his audio, regardless of how bad things were in the summer, Swindon Town have got the players at the club in my eyes and they've got themselves into a position whereby they, Anything less than playoffs is a failure. And I know some fans will sit there and go, and if Ben Garner heard me say that, they'd go, oh, well, look at where we've come from. Yes, we've come from a desperate situation whereby we looked at not having a club, then we then we were favourites to be relegated. But Swindon have got some players in that team that should be playing at a higher level, have the capability to do so. And we're in a position whereby we're in the playoff zone. We're actually still only, you know, all this doom and gloom talk, we are still only a couple, uh, three points off automatic places. You know, so Swindon should be backing themselves to earn promotion or at the very least playoffs still. Yep, and I don't doubt that. And I'm not saying that I think we're going to fall away. It's just if you can't strengthen your side to the same level as our our competitors in the playoff zone and automatics can do, then that can have a detrimental impact on our own ambitions. But he's got the faith in the squad and that's what we've got to have too. That's exactly right. We have to back the team. We're not in the worst form the club's ever been in. We're not in the best form either. But January is going to be interesting. Hold on to your hats because there will still be some players coming in and some good players as well. So there was 
a glimmer of hope, or there remains a glimmer of hope about Kane Kessler Hayden, doesn't there? He, I think he might end up staying at Villa, and it, it, they, they, I think they are cautious, cautiously optimistic that he might come back. But I'm going to sort of be in the mentality and the mind frame, the the, the mindset of he probably won't. But it's nice that there's dialogue, and that's what you heard from. Garner there is that Ben Chorley is having a phone call with Aston Villa today. Um, I don't, that phone call isn't to, you know, decide if he's coming back on loan now. It's simply to get an update on how he's doing and if it looks like he's going to be getting minutes under Steven Gerrard. I am more of the feeling that he will come back to Swindon simply because I think Villa have got, well, two reasons. I think Villa have still got good players there. Um, you know, Matty Cash is their main right back and they've also got some good supporting players who will look to, uh, probably be the backup ahead of Kane Kessler-Hayden. And for Kane Kessler-Hayden, it's his first season out in a senior uh, team at Swindon Town. He's done well, but he's not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He's still had poor games and moments where he can improve. And the benefit for Villa is that if he's not yet ready to be at the Premier League team, if they're umming and ahhing about him, it's not going to do him any good to put him on the bench. So, you know, I'm more feeling the, the longer it goes on, I, and I, a big sign of it will be whether he's in Aston Villa's Premier League team for this weekend's match against Manchester United. If he's not in that team, he's not in a subsequent team following up on after that, that'll be more of an indication as to whether he's coming back to Swindon. And then Matty Cash gets injured. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> a bit of wood in the hope that that, <laughs> that doesn't happen, eh? Uh, but yeah, he's going to be going from playing with you know, no insult to our Swindon players, but he's now going to be going to play with, if he does in the Premier League, seen likes of Philip Coutinho and, and new signer Lucas Digne and uh, some other top talents there at Villa. So Ben Garner's delighted if he does get that, that move, but also he wants him back at Swindon. Yes, indeed. Any, I, I don't think he was asked about it, but how are you feeling about Tyree Simpson? I've got to be honest, you know, that would be, because a lot of fans are going, oh, it's Tyrese next, but I'm looking at Ipswich's, squad and I'm seeing Norwood back playing scoring goals every week Macaulay Bond scoring and then you've got Joe Piggott and Connor Chaplin in in support I would be stunned if Tyrese got recalled unless they wanted to send him somewhere else but they wouldn't send him to League One because Ipswich are in League One so I, I I'm not going to say it yeah so well I will say it um I spoke to Ben Garner a lot about this over the last few weeks and we, and we did mention it to him today, but it's the same answer what we have had. The discussions with Ipswich are very, very positive. They're, they're delighted with how he's getting on there and there doesn't seem to be, at the moment, any chance that Kieran McKenna will look to recall Tyree Simpson and put him into his team. Like you said, their players are scoring, they've picked up in form and you know, my understanding is that Tyree Simpson and will be there until the end of the season. Cool. Okay. Well, your final question was about Dion Conroy and any Swindon fan that goes on social media will have seen that he's definitely not the most popular Swindon Town player at the moment. Why, why do you think that is? I think it's a mixture of mixture of things, really. Um, I feel that he's often made a scapegoat because of maybe his previous relationship with some of the managers at the club um like last season for example and I, I think people look at him and, and feel that he should be a better player than what he is so if he's not performing well then he quickly comes in for criticism he's also the club captain 
if, if the team's not doing well, the captain will always get targeted as well at the same time. So, yeah, I think it's a mixture of things. He hasn't been playing well. And Ben Garner, heard that, even though he didn't say he's not, he doesn't feel that. He said, um, you know, there are players that we feel can perform at higher levels. So he clearly feels Conroy is one of those. But, you know, players go through dips in form and hopefully he can pick up again soon. We need to move on from the John Sheridan trust the process thing because that was Dion Conroy in media mode, wasn't it? That that I don't think there was a great relationship there between Dion and John Sheridan. And I guess, especially, you know, when you think of the Man City game, some of his errors are a little bit more noticeable and costly. And, you know, he got turned with ease in the game against Mansfield, I think, for their third goal, didn't he? And, you know, at the start of the season, Dion Conroy looked incredible. And then, you know, it's it's dipped a little bit. But at the same time, Critchlow's gone now. So we, we can't demand he's dropped for Critchlow. I'll be blowed if I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy into Conroy being dropped for Grant at the back and Baudry's injured. So we at the moment... We need to support the guy. Yeah. And, you know, the club, it's not like Dion Conroy wants to go out there and, and play poorly. He's a footballer who wants to go out there and play well. I'm actually not the biggest supporter of Conroy. I don't, I sometimes think he's overhyped. But I also think he's probably overcriticised at times as well. Okay, then. So there we go. So how are we setting up? So who's in your 11? And appreciate there's there's one that we don't know of who's who's struggling i imagine that's either gladwin or williams let's be honest (laughs) (laughs) possibly jordan lyden you never know possibly jordan lyden someone in that midfield that's for sure so so based on what we know how are you starting based on what we know uh rich i'm I'm probably not going to be changing anything from the mansfield team uh you know i think it could very much be the same level of ward Hunt, O'Brien, Conroy, Odomeo and, and Ellis Iandolo said it properly. Uh, Lewis, <laughs> Louis Reed, Jordan Lydon, uh, Johnny Williams and then McCurdy and Simpson. The one substitution to that that you might look to make isn't actually a player, but it's probably a change in position. I feel that Rob Hunt has found himself a little bit more at centre-back and actually been performing better there than he has at right-back. And and we could see the likes of Akin Odomeo possibly be shifted to right-back instead. Cool. Okay, then. I, I don't really want to predict a score for this. Um, I'm going to go 1-1, one, one, but I think I'm feeling a little more pessimistic inside. But I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Come on. The away form's back. We're back, and it's a 2-0 victory. Ooh, okay. I really like the sound of that. Well, here's hoping. Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs> the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116 123. 
That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 